1: This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV.
0: Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail
1: Adrenaline. Hi,
2: I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors.
1: Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bone Collector.
2: Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast.
0: It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 good,
3: good, good.
1: This is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, and by golly, we're glad to have you. Once again. This is episode 402, and I'm your host, Kurt Geyer, and with me today is... Eric Hammond. And also... Dave Schmidt. A.K.A. Dale. What's up? Uh, thank you for being here. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we got <laughs> that God, out of the way. idiots. <laughs> yeah, no more dumb stuff for the rest of the podcast. See what we did, got right out of the way. Uh, no, thank you for joining us. We appreciate the shit out of you. Uh, the podcast is presented by HHA Sports, and they were kind enough to give you a code, WCB15. Um, also, Scent Crusher, Loophold, ThermoSeat, which we have our own working-class thermo seats on workingclassbowhunter.com now, or if you go to Thermosets website, WCTS is the code there. Uh, Victory Archery, Gator Outdoors, um, our new favorite lifestyle brand mm. um, from local to us right here in Iowa. GatorOutdoors.com, use code wcb ten. Um, right now, you can get that code on Scent Crusher Stuff, True Timber Camo, and all Gator Outdoors apparel. Um, Elite Archery, the new bows just dropped. You can go to their website, use code WCB, and save yourself some coin. Have your bow shipped to a local bow shop. Um, pretty cool. Give them back both ways. Uh, big time, WCB 2020. Saves you 20%, I believe, on everything big time. Uh, supplemental feed, food plot, seed, swag, whatever you need. Um, and Old Barn Taxidermy. If you shoot a buck or any type of critter that you're getting mounted, uh, preferably like a shoulder mount, go in. Say, hey, I listen to a working class bow hunter. They told me about this uh, this whole giveaway you're doing. If I bring a shoulder mount, you're going to like put me in a drawing to win a shoulder mount for next year. If I'm like that good you're a hunter, put your name yeah, in a sweaty yep, yep, yep. hat
3: and draw your name. That's right. Uh, old
1: Barn Taxidermy, Fort Madison, Iowa. They have a Colorado location. And they have drop off points throughout the Midwest to get you there. Chances are, if your taxidermist is big enough, he uses Old Barn's Tannery there in Fort Madison, Iowa. So even if you're not aware you're an Old Barn customer, you might already be um, because your taxidermist contracts to them for their tannery business. That's right. They do it all. It's pretty amazing the community and the taxidermy game that they're building, kind of offering. And now they're doing
3: deer processing too if you're local to the area. Yeah, they do all things dead. (laughs) <laughs> that's a bad slogan, but I like. It's it. It's not
0: that bad, though. I like it. <laughs> it's not.
3: It's not that. <laughs> All things
1: straightforward. Dead. All things dead. Old barn taxidermy.
3: Yeah, well, that's our new marketing. <laughs>
1: hopefully, hopefully, I like slogan it. there. And you know what I love that, like they actually listen, so they'll be driving and then they'll hear that and they'll be like, "All things dead." T-shirt done. Kurt's a genius, and uh, just making stuff up on the fly. That's That'll what we be do best here. It's questionable. You know, We're the best at it,
3: you know. Hey,
1: it is what it is. That's right. So see, always, we got all the dumb stuff done at the beginning. Get, see now it's the smart stuff. Don't, mm-hmm, don't do that. Was going to happen. Is there anything smart about us? So here's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. No. Um, do you have a veteran shout out, Doug? I do. I think it'd be wise to do the veteran shout out now before I get mad. Should I get? Should we get Let's our do, do the
0: veteran shout out now? And then Let's, do can, now. Uh, Let's do it now. Let's do it now.
1: Should we get the guests on before I do my rant? Or should I do my rant and then have our guest on? Let's do your rant. Let's do your rant. Because you're yeah. about to go. Only smart things up, right?
0: Yeah. 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 All right. This is sent in by Josh Eisenhoff. The veteran name is Brian Cheezer. He's in the Army. Brian is a working-class family man. Retired from the Army. He just bought an archery shop in Herodon, Kentucky. No Hopefully kid. I said that right. To save it from closing his doors. Currently named hurt archery he's an avid hunter and outdoorsman and cares about the community and industry nobody deserves a shout out more in my opinion i'm starting a whitetail outfitter in western kentucky called legacy outfitters and brian has been super supportive and helpful in getting us connected to the veteran community and local nonprofits. so very cool thank you for your service brian good luck with your archery shop
1: yeah and the outfit business. and the outfitter
0: josh and uh cheers boys Thank you for your service. Thank yeah, you your thanks, service. guys.
1: Appreciate your service. Man, that's cool. Saving some uh, outdoor community industry, I guess, local industry. Doing a
0: big.
3: I felt good about myself today. I was at the gas station, you know, running. Hey, I need $30 on pump three. Older gentleman in front of me, and he's buying two Reese's, and his debit card got declined three times. I'm like, let me get it, you know, let me get it. Yeah. Turned around, had a retired Army hat on. That's cool. So I'm like, hey, I'll get it. Don't worry about it. And he turned around. and I'm like, well, hey, thank you for your service. And he goes, well, God bless you, son. Thank you. That's cool. man. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That felt good, didn't it? God oh, bless you. Okay. The God bless you. I, om- I almost cried. I almost cried. <laughs> I got chills. It was pretty cool. Then though. you're like, can I get one of your Reese's? Yeah. It's, can I just give one? <laughs> I love of them? those things.
0: Yeah. I love those things. I have one. That's cool. <laughs> hey, I
1: bought them. Hey, that's awesome.
0: It's a little, yeah. it's a little
1: things, right? But that's cool. Oh, yeah. Saving an archery shop, starting an outfit business, it's the American dream. Oh, absolutely. Dude. Pretty cool. We need somebody to come down and drink a beer and shoot a bow into the wood at your archery shop just call us up keep it, <laughs> out, of wood. Keep it out of the wood and then if you need somebody to kill a velvet whitetail in kentucky you know we'll hey, call you up let us boys. know yeah we'll be done we'll podcast with you we'll help you out he's like <laughs> they call you boys he's like these guys are assholes yeah, we're <laughs> not ass calling him. them
3: <laughs> never well, hear from again
1: all right i guess this is here where i go i don't know if i'm gonna go on a rant i thought i was feeling a little froggy here but i'm more feeling silly than i'm feeling froggy here but uh Let me tell you a quick story here before we get our guests on. And this goes, uh, man, it pissed me off at the time. I'm over it now. I hunted a, this would have been three days ago, three nights ago. I hunted a new piece of property that I picked up through some friends. They're like, hey, you know, we've never hunted it. We have permission to hunt this piece, a smaller piece. Why don't you come out, check it out and stuff. You know, we don't have any stands on it. We've hung trail cameras. There's some really big bucks on it. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll do a, Excuse me. I'll just hang and hunt the whole thing, you know, move around and, and just see what I can figure out. Figure out the property. Yeah. And I didn't plan on hitting it too hard this year, but you know, it was something I was, I was really looking forward to for, you know, down the road. Anyway, um, had a couple, three really big bucks on, on that property. Um, I checked the first camera and I'm like, wow, there's nothing on here now, which is weird. And I go out and I thought we were supposed to be the three exclusive guys on this piece to keep trespassers off and whatnot. I look down. This has nothing to do with the main point of the story, but this is just kind of turned into like the cluster fuck of how your day was, yeah. right? So I look down. There's a box blind in the middle of this this cut bean field, like um, on wheels. Like someone on pulled wheels. It, someone pulled it out there, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hmm. called Called my buddy who and I have permission. Like it, the owner of the property knows I'm there, but um, I don't have his contact. So I call my buddy who does, and I'm like, hey dude, there's a box blind in this field. I mean, is there something missing or, you know, whatever? He goes, it shouldn't be there as far as we know. Like, I would just hunt as normal, dude. Do your thing. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I walk by this blind. It's set up just for gun season. Like, you can tell. It's got, gun- sure. yeah sure. and that's, you know, a month away. And so it was just parked out there, probably just so they get used to it, whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's fine. I don't know. I don't know who else is out there. Maybe they have permission. Maybe they don't. Strong effort either way. A lot of balls
0: if they don't have permission.
1: But I had a trail camera over there, and I'm like, that trail camera's gone. Like, I thought it's for sure. So I go up, check that trail camera. No big bucks, but lots of people. (laughs) Guys on side-by-sides, guys on four-wheelers, guys walking. People walking, looking right at it. Oh, yeah, pointing, getting off. I'm sure they opened it up and looked, but they didn't steal them, so that's kind of cool. That's good. So then I have two more. I walk in, get to my next one, same shit on it and this is in a little bit more and then i didn't even go down far enough to my other one i'm like yeah okay i already i know what this you seen
3: you already patterned this already
1: yeah no big bucks the big bucks that were there gone that just right there human intrusion they're out of there
3: gone those like dudes had knowledge.
1: no idea there's big deer there my whole thing was like cool big deer i'm gonna stay out of there and figure right. it out on the fly because that's just effective i and for me anyway so i go in do a hanging hunt hang my stand hunt Sit there and because you're in there,
3: you're like I might as well hunt it and try
1: it. Well, that is a 45 minute drive from my house, the opposite direction of the other 45 minute drive the other way that I would go to another property. I wanted to leave and go back, but I'm like, well, I got to drive 45 minutes. ain't enough time to get even to my house and then 45 minutes the other way to get to where I hunt in the other piece. So too far of a drive. So yeah, not enough time. So I get in there, feels good. I hang my sand. I'm like, ah, cool, man. I'll actually be surprised if I don't see something tonight. It was just felt really nice. Nothing, whatever, pull my stand, get down, and it's like that time where it's past legal shooting light, but you can still kind of see. Like, if you're in the woods, you need a light, but if you're in the open, you can walk.
0: Yeah, if you're in the woods, you're getting down. Yeah.
1: So, I got down, pack everything up, I I got my stand on my back, I'm going out, I pull the one camera, and then there's like this little 40, 50 yard stretch of woods, and there's like, I drove my ranger to there, so it was like a little path, but... The other yahoos were driving their four-wheeler through there because they probably saw where I drove my Ranger or whatever. Right.
3: A little four-wheeler path.
1: Yeah. So I walk that, and I have my stand and everything on my back, and I'm holding my bow. And as I'm walking, I'm kind of like – because I'm on the fence line, but I'm, like, well in on the property we have permission on. And I'm like, man, I've never been out here. Like, I wonder. I just hope nobody else is like hunting on the neighbors and like see. I I was more just scared of being surprised in the sure, dark sure. in the woods. And like, it's hard to explain. These woods can have kind of, like a creepy feel anyway. It, and that's just something you can't explain until you like feel it, whatever. And I never have that feeling. I've been walking in the woods my whole life. In the yeah, dark.
0: some some woods just have that weird feeling. They
1: have that eerie feel. I've been to a public
0: spot where it's just like weird. Yeah, this is fucked up.
1: I had th- this piece. There's a bunch of abandoned shit all throughout the oh, woods okay. and stuff. So it just. It just has that, it just humanized stuff in the woods is scary. It is weird. So I'm walking through this path. I get up to the opening where my other camera was, um, kind of by that box spot. I'm like, "All ah, I'm going to pull this camera cause I don't want it to get stolen. And, uh, I was already kind of like, well, oh, I'm probably never going to come back here because of just all the
3: shit, you know, I don't know what's right. going on. Plus all the people running through there and everything else they are blowing everything out of there. Yeah. So I get to the opening and I hear something to my right
1: like over on the fence line and I look over and I see like the silhouette of somebody standing like 10 yards from me and it's fucking dark and he says something but I don't really hear him and I'm like oh fuck and I jump up because dude it scared the shit out of me Um, which it would anyone well yeah in the dark in the woods you're not expecting to hear somebody say something to you you know like especially if it was like a night somebody nice hey buddy Uh,
3: you'd be like oh shit hey just passing by hey how
1: are you yeah hey how are you that almost be creepier <laughs> um, but I like, I, I, it scared the shit out of me. Like jumped out of my skin. Like never had that happen before in the dark anyway. And I'm like, God damn dude, scared the fuck out of me. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like already on the defense and he go, I, I think what he said, I think he went, Oh fuck is what he said. And then, and then I, then he he, popped up. he's popped up and he was in a full ghillie suit with a fucking crossbow. Jesus. And What like, dude, I'm not going to lie, for like 0.3 seconds, like Sasquatch. Like, he stood up, and I was like, oh, shit. And I couldn't see him. It was that dark. I just saw a silhouette of him. And that's only because he was like sort of skylined, you know?
3: Killy suit,
1: Sasquatch kind of look to it. Hair. And he was a big dude. Nice hair. He ended up looking like Farva, actually. (laughs) And I hope he listens to the podcast, because fuck you. But um, I get up to him. He goes, I almost shot you. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I almost just shot you. I thought you were a buck with those sticks on your back because I had my stand and sticks and stuff sticking over my head. And the whole time I'm like, and he's on the neighbor's ground. And You're
3: across I, the fence. He's on the other side of the fence. On the other side of the fence. It's way too dark. It's way past shooting it's, hours at this point. It's fucking dark. The only way he could see
1: me or see what I was was because he was looking through his scope. You know how the scope brings in more light? Yeah,
3: that's fucking scary.
1: He goes, I almost shot you, dude. I thought you were a buck, so he heard me walking. I had my light off because I always try to walk in and out with my light oh, off. For sure, not no for more. Sure. Why well, I ain't going back to that place. And um, I, it was. Di- I was on the defense. Like if I wouldn't have been on the defense and like scared, kind of out of my own britches. Like I'm. It, I think it would have went different. But I was like, I couldn't even. He was talking to me, and I was, like, couldn't even hear what he was saying because I was like still trying to calm down. Like it scared me that bad. And uh, you haven't been that scared in a while, have you? I don't think I've ever been that scared. Honestly, Ugh. as an adult, Oof-ta. It dude, it's, Oof-ta. and people might be laughing at me, it scared the shit out of me, man. Like, don't scare the shit out of anyone in the dark yet. Yeah, like, and, and I didn't really, like, I kind of talked to him for a second and I told him I was like, I don't, I'm never coming fucking back here. Like, you'll never see me again, whatever. And I basically like grabbed the other camera and I had this like insanely long walk out. Um I mean, I, I, you know, it was a long walk out. Like it, I had, I beat feet for a while walking out of there. Um, you're probably on your toes the whole time. All of Then I was just thinking about it, right? Like I was relaxed. Now I'm like, nothing's going to scare me more now. Like I'm just fucking pissed at this point. Like somebody try and fucking scare me. I'm, I'm going to beat you with my bow. Yeah. Well, you almost got shot, bro. Uh, I, but here's the thing. I was so scared by him. And he said, I almost shot you. And I like was thinking about, it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like you just thought I was a deer. Like you weren't actually almost going to shoot me. And then on my walk out, I'm thinking, I'm like, no, this motherfucker almost shot me. He was He heard me walking and what he did, he said, fuck the boundary because I'm on the other side of the fence. And by the way, he's hunting on the other end of the fence, too. So he's hunting two neighbors fence line. And he's like, I always sit right here, you know, and I'm thinking you're an asshole. And I walk and I walk out and I bet you he had his scope on there and I bet you he saw body because it was so dark that he saw like a figure of a body and sure. saw your sticks sticking as a rack. And I bet you he was like going to chest shoot me. Like he was going to chest shoot a buck. And I bet you he was doing that. And then I, when I heard him, I bet you he went, Oh fuck. When he realized it was a human and not a deer. Cause you got closer.
3: Yeah. You Cause I well, recognize what you were. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and I kind of realized that on the walk back, I'm like, wow, I think I was closer to getting shot by a fucking crossbow than I even realize. Um, because I was distracted by being like startled by him, you know, and uh, and it's not that like I saw him; I, the noise scared me, you know. Like I was like, oh shit! Like I jumped. Um, imagine being scared by a turkey off the roost in the morning in the dark, times like ten. That's what that's <laughs> yeah. what it was. So well, yeah, everyone's been there. So I'm like, I called my dad. I'm like, yeah, I almost got fucking shot by a crossbow hunter in a gelee suit sitting on the fucking ground. So I wonder if he was filming. He had like a bunch of he had like a bunch of plastic little plano cases on the ground. I wonder if he has any of this on film. I actually talked to him, and I kind of like regret even talking to him. Like I should have been way more aggressive with him. Then like, maybe not. Maybe not. But like in my head, I kind of feel just like, let him know that. I should, well, you. Anyway, what are you doing? Here's the thing, and this is probably where the rant part comes in. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this because we have a podcast to do here. Um, but th- I think there's a lesson in this. I was on private ground where I had permission, maybe I should have had my lamp on my light on, but also it's not my responsibility as dark. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm I'm on private. Exactly. I don't use light either. Here's the thing. I don't hate crossbows. I don't hate guns. I don't hate rifles. I don't hate shotguns for hunting. Do that. If you want, here is the problem that people have with those things. It's not the weapon. It's typically the
3: fucking people. It's a dumbass behind and, the way. And there.
1: here's the thing. What happens is it's easier than a compound. It's easier than traditional equipment, of course. We all know that. We're aware of that. And that is that is part of the problem with it, right? Like, it shouldn't have the same seasons as regular archery season. And this dude was an Iowa resident hunting in Illinois. And, like, he had, like, 20-acre piece. So, what? anyway, that's besides the fact. So, what the problem is with it, I think, it attracts pieces of shit that all they want to do in life is cut corners And they don't have any ethical boundary in their mind. They don't have any value for the life of an animal, let alone a human life, because they're just shooting at fucking movement. This is a statistic that you read about or learn about in your hunter safety class. And you think, like, how did that person get shot? Because it's mouth breathers like this motherfucker who are shooting at movement in the brush. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the reason... And dude, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was sad. if you if you would have turned the mic on me right there, I would have said a bunch of shit that I would have got a lot of stuff for, like a lot of shit for later. Because at that moment, I was like, "Fuck crossbows, get rid of them all." Unless you're injured or a kid or elderly, you don't get a crossbow. Right. If you do, you hunt during fire season, firearm season only, and the tags ten times as much as a regular archery. But how season.
3: close were you to be that statistic in a fucking hunter safety? I,
1: closer than I actually know. Yeah. Way you'll, closer. You'll never, you never really know. I'll but never know, but way
3: closer you, than you ever thought you would be. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly.
1: I think he said, "Oh fuck," because he almost shot me. And here's the thing: you might disagree. You might hunt the crossbow. I, you know, I have nothing against that, but that's the problem with it. You get fucking idiots like this that cut corners. It's easier, so they do it. And it's not for you. It's not for those people. Take some responsibility. One, don't shoot across the property line, first of all. Yeah, that's like, you are exactly, I hope he listens. I hope he fucking knows. I told him what my name wasn't shit. I, I, like, I just hope maybe, like, I don't know if I had, I did have the logo on. I have my hat on that said WCB at the logo and shit. I hope he sees it and checks it out and hears this podcast and feels like a fucking dumbass. I hope you, I hope you get caught doing some shit like that and never hunt again. I was fucking pissed, man. I, I wish I would have been like more clear headed because I probably would have ripped him a new asshole. But instead I was like fucking trying to, settle my heart rate. Yeah, you're trying down. to survive. <laughs> <laughs> you're at survival point, at that point. But anyway, I'm not trying to like change what this podcast is going to be. I just felt like that was worth mentioning. Unless, you had
3: to mention it.
1: Yeah. I, I literally almost got shot on private
3: ground. Yeah.
1: You know, it'd be different. If I'm on public, I'd be like, I, good chance I'm going to run into somebody, you know, but I had my light on and you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to had sure, all that going sure. on. Um, yeah. Um, it's fucked up. I would have ruined my, uh, would have ruined my night. I think it ruined your life. <laughs> yeah, probably been dead. But uh, anyway, uh, be careful <laughs> out there. The Put a rage in the cage. <laughs> be responsible, yeah. Jesus. The dude was probably shooting field points. He didn't fucking know. He didn't, oh, I didn't know I needed broadheads. He's that type of guy. He looked like Farva from yeah. Super Troopers.
3: <laughs> Maybe it was. Probably like a liter of cola.
1: <laughs> and he's sitting with the wrong wind. Like, you're you're dumb, you know that? You're just stupid. You're just You're just an idiot. And I don't like that word either. I don't like calling people dumb. Unless it's, like, Steve or, like, this
3: fucking guy. <laughs> he know? definitely deserves being called fucking dumb. Yeah.
1: Anyway, that's scary. Be careful out there. <laughs> We're going to be get, careful out there.
3: Hey, turn your headlamp on. Yeah,
1: no kidding, right? Turn on red, at least. Turn it on red, man. Turn it on red. I had the old Milwaukee headlamp on. I didn't have a red option. throw a fucking road flare on your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I was telling some guys at work about I'm like, yeah, I almost got shot. And uh, they're like, yeah, you need one of them. Uh, get one of them combine
3: beacons. Just- oh, no. <laughs> normal road hazard lights, or just shoot a road flare in the air, yeah. like the gun. Yeah, so they know you're coming out, dude. <laughs> Closer than I know, man. Closer than I know. Scary, scary for scary sure. Scary shit out Thankful there. Thankful it be didn't happen
1: out there. Protect your neck. It's crazy out there. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the podcast. Sorry about that. Thanks for listening to my rant, but I think there's a lesson in there somewhere. I don't know where, but there's one. Either don't be an idiot or watch for a crossbow hunters. Just think about <laughs> it. You know. Yeah. New shirt coming. Got the a crossbow and a ghillie suit and it's gonna say protect your neck protection that's, probably, that's probably so
3: many new shirt ideas that we just forget about i know
1: yeah there's a bunch of gems <laughs> lost. there'll be some other copycat podcast going will pick up all our slack and just start oh, yeah. producing
3: the ones we forgot about they just have a shirt company. just making money
1: hey you know who you are there's you a know picture, who you are a picture of
3: there. doug on it like what yeah picture yeah that's me on the shirt it is <laughs> what it is what?
1: <laughs> quoting us directly <laughs> yeah like i said that man that that's me. fucking me
0: it's <laughs> <That's> me <laughs> i'm the guy in the picture <laughs> yeah
1: that's no, dale no, man no, no, no you're not hey you, <laughs> hey, you that's dale no no yeah, I yeah, got a bunch of, uh,
3: I don't to go into it.
1: All right, let's get on with the podcast here. Hope you enjoy. Sorry about that. Okay, my rant is over, and we have our guest on, Emily Shad. What is up?
2: Hey, how is everybody? We're
1: good. We're good. We're not they, too bad. It's been almost 100 episodes since you've been on, so uh, thanks for uh, coming back. We thought we had scared you off for good, uh, but apparently not.
3: She answered the phone, so
1: she definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. came back. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep. I'm back.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to say this. So I, I'm going to say this cause I know you won't. I think right now you were probably the most legit female whitetail killer in the country that is like not, does, that doesn't have a show on outdoor channel or something crazy like that.
2: <laughs> well, I, you know, I'd love to think that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think it's hard to deny it. I mean, you've killed some giant bucks on your own. Um, you yeah. don't have somebody doing this for you, um, holding your hand the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have, you're not doing it for the gram as the kids like to say. Um, so that's my introduction for you, but just kind of tell people who you are and where you're from
3: and what you're about. If they haven't heard your last podcast. where your hunting property is and all coordinates of, and all the, <laughs> yeah. we need oh, all that oh, info, how much a oh,
0: tag oh, is,
2: details on hunt. <laughs> Right, well, right. I am Emily Shadow, obviously. Um, I am from Southeast Ohio. So that's mainly, um, where I hunt. Um, I've been hunting this year will be make my 16th year of bow hunting with the compound. So, you know, I'm bow only. Um, I kind of did a post on my Instagram the other day, kind of a little backstory um about my bow hunting history but so yeah that's me you know I do everything try to do everything on my own learn everything on my own and try to be self-sufficient and pretty much I'm my worst kind of like my worst enemy I'm extremely hard on myself to try to make myself do better and you know kill bigger deer and everything like that so yeah this
1: is this is who I am. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. And I think that's a trait, you know, you're your own worst enemy, you're hard on yourself. That's a trait of big buck killers, I think, no matter who you talk to. Yeah. It's it's yep. striving, it's it's challenging yourself to figure out this white tail and beat him at his own game. So um Yep,
2: exactly. That's
1: super under that that is cool. And it's sad that like we have to emphasize on that that type of thing, you know, you being a female, but it's the internet is so flooded with just bullshit with female hunters. I know. <laughs> that we have to like say this and it sucks and i does oh that God. suck for you i
3: think we're in the hundred year flood right now
2: it really it's so flooded it really does i mean it sucks cuz unfortunately it seems like a lot of females have a bad rap and you know with instagram and the hunting industry and stuff cuz there is just so many you know you get so many you know fakes and you know all the stuff with tiktok going around right now and I mean it's just it's awful I can't even stand to watch half of it (laughs) so it's just you know it's really rough for me because I feel like everybody is getting that rap you know you know and that name for themselves even though there's a lot of us that are not that way unfortunately so well that's
1: you know that's part of the goal here with the podcast and stuff is you know if we interview and this sucks to have to Say this, like it sucks to go back, but I just want to get this out of the way and move on. This is why we interview female hunters like yourself. Like, if we're interviewing a female hunter, it's because we think they're legit and they're doing things the right way, and we want to throw, like, yeah, whatever little light we have in the game that direction because that's where it needs to go. Absolutely, and the yeah. rest of it just yep. that, that I still believe it's gonna go away. This is gonna take some time. TikTok didn't help. Um, but anyway, I don't think it's going away. <laughs> it, it's it's going to go away. It'll taper off eventually. Eventually people are going to quit giving a fuck about all that dumb fake shit and they'll see through uh, it. It's starting, I dude. So. I hope so I really too. Do. It's starting. People are seeing through it now. It's starting to get more transparent. People are seeing through the bullshit. Yep. But
2: Yep, exactly.
1: Emily, last time you were on, we talked about another giant you had killed. But
2: Yes.
1: I'm I'm basically going to talk let, let me bring up to what I knew about this story just from Clint. And then I want you to basically take that and give us the full rundown on this whole deer and, and everything that happened. Um, Sounds good. So I called Clint. It would have been the day you shot this deer on my <laughs> way to the stand bullshitting with them. I get out of the stand and I call them back to finish our conversation because I have kind of a long drive from my property. And he's like, dude, I'm driving. I've got to go help Emily recover this buck. F- fucking giant, dude! Like it's a monster. Like
3: one, well, two, and if you get a long drive to your stand, Clint's a perfect guy to call because he'll make that time go by real <laughs> and, fast and
1: he'll motivate the oh, hell yeah. out of you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he kind of like builds this up. He's like, dude, I'm talking like big, big. Like this deer is big, and he kind of gave me the backstory. So then I see a trail cam photo and I get some teaser pics, you know, Um and then that's where you take over and I shut up and you tell the story about this deer.
2: <laughs> okay, I can do that. So, the freak is what I called this deer. Um, Which he is. Yep, he is definitely a freak. Um, How he got his name was in 2018 is when I really started getting a lot of history and knowledge of this deer was in 2018. Um, I called him the freak because we're thinking now that he might have gotten hit by a car or something. So, one side, it would have been his his left side was completely screwed up in 2018 and 2019. And he had a big normal side on his right side, 2018, 2019. So that's where he got the freak name from because he was a legitimate freak for two years. <laughs> um, but this particular deer, I honestly, I'll give a little bit of history on him. So I have had, I started getting troll camera pictures of him here. This year, uh, the 3rd or 4th of October, right before that red moon hit, mm-hmm. um, 2019, I photographed him in August. I never got another trail camera photo of this deer until the week after bow season, and when he showed up, he had already shed one side.
1: No kidding. Um, wow.
2: Yeah, and then 2018, I had loads of pictures of this deer, constantly daylight, evening, nighttime, everything else. Like I said, he was screwed up on one side, and then on his good side, he completely broke his whole antler off, clear to his huge brow tine. So he honestly looked like a tree. Like He had this huge brow tine, split brow on one side, and this big funky Christmas tree looking thing on the other side. Like you couldn't even tell what the heck was going on with this deer. So, and that was 2018. So he would have been six, six and a half years old Damn. in 2018. So 2017, I never had any pictures of the buck at all. That's when he would have been five. Um, 20, let me see, 2016, um, when he would have been four, I had on a different property, I had, one daylight photo of him about three or four photos there in daylight on one day um and they weren't even good photos like i couldn't really i realized after i killed the deer and somebody sent me the neighboring lander had sent me pictures of him that year that i had pictures of it didn't even dawn on me that, that was him because they were bad angled photos Right, right so you know, really, I didn't start getting a lot of history with the deer until, you know, 2018. Because so
1: let me ask this. You, you said your neighbor sent pictures. Do you guys, I'm assuming you guys have a good relationship, but do you guys communicate often on deer that you guys both might have on the property? Or is it like after the deer is dead, then the secrets can come out a little bit?
2: Pretty much. I, um, <laughs> that I'm makes the sense. type of person that I don't share any information with anybody. Um, neighbors, nothing. The only people that I share, (laughs) I share information with is my couple best friend hunting buddies that live out of state and then Clint. (laughs) So, you know, you, you can't really tell anybody anything around here or everybody will be coming in and trying to hunt in your tree stand. That's how, that's how it goes. Same same (laughs)
1: over here. Same over here. It's uh (laughs) nobody can blame me for that, especially on this type of buck. Right.
2: Yep. Yep. So, um, they had more history with the buck than I did, um, because obviously they, they were an owner of the land. They are kind of neighboring, and I really didn't start. I mean, I've been hunting this general area for a long time, but really not the actual property that is where I killed him. I've only hunted that particular property for, like, three years. Um, so and they, they've had history of the deer since he was two and a half. Um, when I was going back through my, my photos, I believe I actually have – photos of him at two and a half is
1: well. No kidding. Did he look similar or I mean how, did, how are you figuring that out?
2: He was an absolute if, if it is him at two and a half I shared the photos of them they're, they're thinking that's him at two and a half but we're not a hundred percent sure he'd have to look back through photos but he had the same I mean at two and a half he was an absolute giant I mean he had a huge big frame he had the huge big split brow um, I mean he looked I can't remember if he had both brows were split or just the one, but he looked very similar. The frame was similar. I mean, he was an absolute stud as a two-year-old. Most people would have shot him because he was so big at two even.
1: Right, right. Um, like how big? Like if you had to put an inch number on him, what you think?
2: This picture that I have of this particular deer, if it is him at two and a half, I would think that he would be – probably the one forties range. That's
3: impressive. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. With, That's hard to pass being, the one forty sometimes. Being, I guess. Well yeah, I, it's he, hard, he hard for me to probably pass. 140.
2: around 140. Yeah. It's impressive.
3: A <laughs> two and a half. Yeah, no shit. Yeah,
2: yeah. So he was he was definitely a stud then. Um so really um the history of this deer is kinda weird because during that whole time period, you know, it was when I killed Flyer Ten that I was after for several years that the last podcast was about. Yeah, yep. But just because I didn't really know much about this deer I never saw him often enough to really say, okay, I'm going to set out this year to kill this deer only because it's like he hardly ever showed. He was very unpredictable. I mean, he was a deer that would avoid any sort of area where there was a food source. You know, if you were trying to feed mineral and stuff like that, he would never show up on a camera. He would always show up in every other place but that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he was just a real, a really tough deer. He just never knew, yeah. you know, what he was doing. He had that big buck
1: um, mindset from yeah. a young age.
2: Yeah. So, and and once he got older, here his range that he traveled was like nothing. Like he stayed in one spot because super I super interesting. Because I would hunt at the one. Because I hunted at both ends of this property, and he would never come to the top end. He would always just stay at the bottom end.
3: Was that before so, or after his racket? Like when you be. Like before after you think he got hit by a car?
2: Um, This was after.
3: After. So do you think like that of him being hit by that car, he just kind of kept to his core area and just kind of stayed there because he was maybe scared of getting hit by a car again? You know, <laughs> you never know. I mean,
2: <laughs> it, it, it could be anything like that. I mean, it could be, you know, a lot of pressure maybe there was a lot of pressure in you know another neighboring it, areas you
1: hear a lot the older buck gets the smaller his home range gets too yep. a lot mm-hmm. yeah exactly. i know every deer is an individual so it can change but you know i mean yeah. my creepy wasn't as you know as old as or as big as this buck but i don't think he left a 30 acre circle honestly well and that
3: my eight and a half year old i shot i never had a single picture of him right yeah you i know? mean and he could have been he could have came from 10 miles away you never know yeah yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. You just, you really never know about him. And this, this deer, there was a couple of particular areas that never got any pressure that honestly is where he always stayed at. I always had a feeling that's where he stayed and that's kind of what I figured out over time. That's where he was staying. And it was the stupidest place ever that a deer would stay. But honestly, <laughs> those, those big bucks, the bigger and older these bucks get, the crazier places that they will bend up and they will stay and people would never even think of it and that's why that's why they live so long, Absolutely. to be honest.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: <laughs> yeah, and this this deer was one of those deer. I mean, he stayed in the craziest place that you would never even think of a buck staying, but that's that's where he stayed and that's kind of what I finally figured out. Um, between last year and this year.
1: <laughs> so I, you know, I don't want, cause I know there's going to be locals listening to this podcast, trying to get some details on this deer or whatever. Can you kind of explain like why, where he was staying was crazy or, you know, I don't want to blow up your spot or have you give too much away. So if you say, you know, there's a certain thing that I'll give it away, don't do it. But um, I'm just curious, like what makes the spot he was living in crazy, you know?
2: So I'll just kind of put it this way. Um, it's an area, obviously there was no pressure. Um, it was a very strange little piece of the neighboring property kind of that nobody ever did anything with. And it was up against, you know, I don't really know kind of how to, how to say it. It was, it was a little point, a little area where nobody went, nobody ever pressured, nobody ever occupied because nobody would ever think a deer would be there. And it was literally not very far away from a a person's house.
1: Oh, no kidding. Um,
2: Yeah. So that's, that's say no
1: more. We get, we,
0: (laughs) we we got it. We're catching it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's where I figured out a lot of his time that he was staying. And I believe the night that I killed him, he had to have been staying in that area because he was not far at all. Um, when he, when he came into where I was at, you could tell he wasn't bedded very far because he came in early. Um, and I had, there was no way that he could have came across other certain places and everything like that and made it there by that time. So he had to been bedded around that particular area as well. Right. That, that makes time. sense. Now it's
3: going to be a question I had too. Like was a, did you shoot him in that area where he was core to, you know, cause you said like, obviously yes. he, he kind of grew out of that, that messed up left side. And, you know, maybe this year without that left, mess up left side, maybe he's going to travel a little bit more and like. Feeling normal again or something. Feeling yeah. normal where he's going to get outside that comfort zone. Interesting theory.
2: Yeah. No, I, I killed him right, um, in the area that he had been staying, um, a couple of years prior and I kind of figured out there. Um, so, yeah, he wasn't, he still wasn't going very far at all because he was, all I was only getting pictures of him just down on that particular spot.
3: That's awesome. Very cool. It's interesting as hell. I guarantee you when you've seen pictures of him this year, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, break that down. He doesn't have that messed up left side, and he is a monster.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I've... Ever since I found his shed in February, I've had this buck in the on the, in the back of my mind ever since, but I never really thought that I would ever have a chance to kill him because I've never had enough photos in history with a deer to ever figure out what the heck he was even doing, staying, where to target him, nothing. So, you know, going into this season, he was in the back of my mind. I was like, you know, I really want to wait and see if I ever can get photos of this deer um you know i've really didn't i don't have ever much in early season i don't really get too excited until towards the end of october here in, in november some mm-hmm. other decent deer will start showing up but um i had created a scrape line um kind of down on that end on the edge of a the field there and i had put a camera on the actual kind of fence crossing there between the oaks and the hayfield where I had found his shed exact spot that I found his shed in February on a fence post. So it was I'm trying to think of what day it was. It was Wednesday, the Wednesday before I killed him. So I killed him on the tent. So it would have been that Wednesday. I had checked my scrape line camera there and I'm scrolling through real fast and then boom. And I immediately almost, threw up like legitimately <laughs> threw up in the hayfield i was a
3: mess <laughs> almost shit your pants right there in the field didn't you yeah
2: pretty much like, i love how you describe
3: been... it like boom there it is
2: yeah that's I mean, seeing that caliber of a deer out of nowhere i was like holy crap
3: like someone just threw a grenade right at you
2: uh, yeah, and he was just staring like he was right over top of my scrape that I created, and he was just staring at the camera. I was like, oh, my – the first thing I thought was, that is a booner, a total booner, the biggest buck I've ever saw in my life. And I was so flipping excited that I, like, ran across the field.
3: Cooning and, Coon and, <laughs> and hollering. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I ran clear across the field, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I've got to call Clint." And I'm calling Clint and calling Clint, and he won't answer. He won't answer. I was like, "Oh my god, Clint, answer your phone!" Because I was so pumped to tell him. I was like, "He finally showed up." <laughs> Did and you know that
3: finally... right away when you seen that picture that th- that was this deer? You don't oh, have yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like a monster yeah. like that. And,
2: he, and I was such I was such an idiot because. I was so excited and like half throwing up that I was an idiot and never checked the other camera where he had dropped his shed. <laughs> and I went back to the house, and I'm in a panic, and I'm like, I bet you anything that buck came across that stupid fence crossing, and I never checked that camera And, you know, I had to work the next couple days, so I couldn't go in and hunt. I couldn't go back in and check the camera. And it was eating at me that I knew that I guarantee that's where he came from.
3: Right, right. And
2: then, so that Saturday, the 10th, when I killed him, is when I went in. I checked the scrape line camera again. He was on that again. Then I checked the fence crossing camera. And note, that whole week was the red moon. Saturday was the last... Night of or last day of the red moon, and then we had a front coming in um, Saturday night, and all the rain moving in Sunday. So I checked that fence crossing camera, and by God, that sucker was going by that camera in the oaks on that crossing every single day from the day before red moon started, clear through when I checked the camera in three days in the daylight, and no I, about, I
3: about uh, I about died.
2: I, I immediately called clint i was like dude i think i can kill this deer if i can get in a tree on this crossing i think i can kill this flipping deer
1: <laughs> right right oh man i can't imagine the anxiety three days oh, because gosh. i was- get i get i always say it at work like i i got deer anxiety like, I-, I wouldn't
3: be, I wouldn't be able to fucking sleep if I know that ah. deer is crossing there. He crosses her every day in the day. And then for three days he's crossing there in the daylight. Dude, the
1: amount of anxiety I would feel as a deer hunter, I would ah. just freaking explode. Dude, daylight pictures just get you going.
3: So okay, oh. so you're, you're, I might, I might call in sick even if I don't have any sick days and get fired. Oh, and yeah, I'm taking no pay day. <laughs> fire me, Say, cool. Yeah, fire me. So
2: yeah, that's that's about how I was feeling after seeing that deer. I Was like I don't even want to go to work anymore.
1: <laughs> that's okay. So I can only imagine what that feels like. Uh. So, okay, daylight pictures. You th- you call Clint? Hey, I think I can kill this deer. Oh, I bet yep. you,
3: Clint is
2: I screaming like, at you. I think I can kill this deer? But the shitty part of the whole thing was, is I had to work that Saturday. So by the time I checked the camera, it was like one thirty when I had just checked the camera you know, I like to get in a tree stand if I'm off, you know, by like 4 o'clock, you know, even in early season. And the rain was moving in, and it never even crossed my mind that I would be able to accomplish what I ended up doing that night because I told Clint I was going to go in on Sunday in the pouring rain, and I was going to hang a stand And hunt it if it wasn't raining Sunday evening. I was going to hunt it Sunday evening and then I was off that Monday and I was going to hunt there all day Monday. And he's like, whoa, 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 hold it right there. He and his his exact words was, you are getting your ass in a tree tonight and you are going to kill that buck. You know how Clint talks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's
3: screaming at you at this point.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I was like, I don't, I was like, how how am I supposed to do that? I'm like, it's 1.30, I have not eaten lunch. I have, like, nothing accomplished, I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to be able to pull that off and get into a stand early enough to hunt. He's like, you gotta do it now, you gotta stop what you're doing, go right now and take a shower, get your clothes, get the tree stand, and get your ass out there, and you got to kill the there tonight, and I'm like okay.
1: (laughs) Thank God God for Clint, right?
2: I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, boss, I will go and do that. (laughs) Yes, boss. Like, I didn't even eat lunch and I came back to the house and I literally, and it was, pretty warm out that day and I told him I was like I'm worried about sweating to death trying to hang in the stand and then I'm gonna stink I'm trying to put my hunting clothes on over raunchy sweaty body odor I was like I don't know about all this but I came I got my shower and luckily I had an extra like a backpacking stand and sticks that was easy for me to hang on my own and I grabbed up packed up all of my gear that I was gonna need you know, all my safety harness stuff, all my hunting clothes, my bow, everything. And I somehow, it was hard because note, I'm like 110 pounds soaking wet. So (laughs) I was just going to say that
1: for you to do all of that by yourself is impressive as hell.
2: Yes. So I had my whole entire vehicle full of stuff and I, I'm like, I have it all on the ground. I'm like, how the hell am I going to take all this stuff back through there. I have to cross over two gates that I can't open, uh, over another fence, through the brush. I was like, there is no way this is going to happen. But I did it. I hauled everything in. My back felt about broke by the time I got there. Hey, but you
3: fucking did it, didn't you?
2: I did it. It was a miracle. <laughs> I hauled all that stuff in there, and I look around, and I'm like, hmm. There was literally only one tree because I didn't have enough arms to carry a saw in to cut shooting lanes if I needed to.
1: You're right. right. So I'm
2: like, well, there's only one tree here that I can put a tree stand in, and this has got to be the most gnarliest, flipping, nastiest tree I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm even going to be able to physically get a stand in this tree. But it's the only tree I had to work with where I wouldn't have to cut shooting lanes. There was no other option. And the wind was perfect. And it was the only place where I could get a shot at the big opening where he would come across to go towards that crossing. So, and note this tree, I don't even know how big in diameter. It's a shag bark hickory tree. Oh, great. And, <laughs> yeah.
3: Perfect. Terrible so for a, hanging a stand in.
2: Uh, yeah. And, it's real gnarly. It's got limbs coming off of it everywhere, clear down towards the bottom of the tree. And then it's got this big crooked bend in it. And then the tree splits at like 15 feet in the air. And it's so big around at the bottom that I packed in enough sticks to where I could get to probably 20 feet. Well, problem was huh. the tree was so big around towards the bottom that I had to actually take a strap off another climbing stick and rig it to the strap on the first climbing stick and have a double strap to even get the stick on the tree.
3: Classic (sighs) classic move. Been there. (laughs) Yeah, been there, but it sucks. It sucks. It's terrible.
2: it, It was awful. And luckily, I could rig it to where it worked, and it was the bottom step, thank God. And so I had to leave one tree stick laying at the bottom of the tree and I'm like, I have to do this to where I'm not having to climb up and down the tree because the lineman's belt I mean, you physically cannot get a lyman's belt up and down a shag bar kicker.
3: No, like, that's it the was worst.
2: Literally almost impossible. Like I almost killed myself.
1: <laughs> and especially that <laughs> diameter too. Oh yeah. man. I know everything you're talking about, and I can't imagine the anxiety and hurry you must be feeling at this point.
2: Um, yeah, I was like I was. What polymer- time of day
3: is it right now when you're when you're <laughs> just getting to the bottom of the tree? throwing this trap around, trying to figure all this out.
2: So I would say it's probably pushing 3 o'clock. At, oh. at
3: what time are you, like, in your
1: mind for, for from trail camera information, are you expecting this deer to walk by?
2: Well, he, like, he, he came in kind of low light in the evening or early in the morning. But since that front was coming in, and the clouds came over. It was about to start raining. Like honestly, deer could be moving at any point. Right. You know. Right. At this time, because the weather was just perfect to where honestly deer could move all day long.
1: Deer anxi- anxiety is running through. Oh, your veins. you're
3: panicking
1: at this. Oh point. yeah. I would um, be too. Yeah,
2: pretty much because I I actually got stuck on the side of the tree a couple times because my lineman's belt got so ledged in the shag bark on yeah. that tree that I honestly didn't think I was going to be able to get it out. Like okay. it was, it was really nerve wracking and the the sticks and stuff because of that bark, they kept slipping on me and I kept slipping down the tree and it was just an ungodly sketchy situation. I'm lucky I didn't kill myself completely, but I finally got, um, the last stick was where the tree kind of came out towards me, which mm-hmm. was even worse because the stick was leaning back towards me and that's how I had to climb up that stupid thing. Right. Um, And I had to actually hang the stand because it just kind of all ended up wrong. So I had to have the last stick was coming back over top of me, kind of. And then the I had to hang the tree stand on the right split of the tree. But where I needed it to be, it was hitting the other split to where the the platform was like crooked. So I kind of had to like. (laughs) Bring it back towards the stick almost where it was like half over top of the stick. And I mean, it was the craziest setup. I was, I finally got it up there and I'm like, as much noise as I made and as rigged as everything was, I'm like, it's going to be a wonder if I even see a deer or if I just don't completely fall out of the street and I can kill myself.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: Man, the the struggle of like, that's a legit hanging bang. That's just like reality of it. I don't care what setup you have. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, dude, I,
0: how many times have you been frustrated? Dude,
1: I did that last weekend trying to hang a stand. I wanted to get in this one opening, this little patch of woods. Can't get in. There's no good tree. I'm, dude, I ended up hit, sitting one night two sticks high because that's all the further I could get up to, to oh, get to Or how many away. times
3: have you got up, you got up in the tree, you got your, your stand set, you sit in the tree and you're like, this is fucking terrible. Oh, this Fuck. sucks, yeah. This yeah. Sucks.
1: Those are the worst. This is part of it. But when you nail it, you nail it. Oh
3: yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So
1: I we I think anybody that's ever done hanging hunts or hung enough stands, you, you run into every one of these situations. You just happen to hit all of them in one one pass.
3: Emily, I, yeah. I can feel I can see your struggle right now. <laughs> like we've all been there. I'd be cussing, sweating, and pissed that
1: of deer anxiety. That's a oh, yeah. thing. Oh yeah. And I'd be feeling oh, yeah. it full force. And you're rushed. You're rushed. It yeah. was
2: it was awful, and the, and you want to know the other truth about it. This was technically my first hang and bang that I've ever done. No kidding. And it was one freaking rough one too. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you hit all the all the rough hang and bang hang uh, and bang. I guess obstacles that you can Ob- hit. Yeah, yeah but you got
3: you got it out of the way on the first one, so now you're good to go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't – honestly, there is no hang and bang that could possibly be that hard ever again.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, i do it all over
0: if I get that bug. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. my
2: gosh. Yeah, it was, it was awful. And, you know, as much noise as I made, I tried – I literally had all the straps to all the climbing sticks and stuff around my neck. And I had all the sticks around my neck to where I wouldn't have to keep going up and down the tree. So I had all that weight hanging off of me on top of trying to hook stuff around the trees, my lineman belt getting caught on everything. Clanking together. Oh, yeah. It was awful. And then trying <laughs> to get the tree stand halfway level to where I could stand in it and not fall off the side of it. I mean, it was it was a nightmare. So long story short, I finally got into the stand at 432 on the dot is when I finally sat down. Was said okay i'm ready to go so it was 4 32 when i finally got in there and luckily i didn't luckily the clouds came over it got kind of breezy so i didn't sweat much which was really good but i carried all my scent sprayed stuff with me and just i just drenched the ground at the bottom of the tree drenched the tree going up she's taking a shot completely of it drenched myself. <laughs> on your head <laughs> yeah pretty much so and then as soon as I got settled in, it started to rain, which actually was kind of a blessing because mm. any scent that I made, you know, I was hoping that it, that rain kind of washed everything away, which was good. And it, it rained pretty good for probably 20 minutes to a half hour. I mean, I got pretty wet up there. Perfect um,
1: scenario, probably, you know, like.
2: Yeah, exactly. Especially after all that. <laughs> um, but I was like, um, the wind was perfect and everything. I mean, it looked like a great evening. You know, for deer to be moving, I was like, man, it's like, I could only get 15 feet up in the tree. I had one stick laying at the bottom of the tree. And then my bow hanger crank, it slipped out of my hand, it went down over the bank. So I couldn't even get my bow hanger on there the way I was supposed to on the tree. Nothing's going I had all right. all over the ground. No, nothing is going right <laughs> at all. I was like, this is completely pointless. I'm not even going to see a deer. I'm 15 feet off the ground. They're going to see me when they walk in. I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. And I don't know. It got done raining. and It wasn't long after it, was, after it got done raining. I was texting Clint and my buddy Tyler out in Montana. I was telling him, you know, I finally got in the stand, this, that, and the other. And... I was on my phone, and I would happen to just kind of hear something, and I look up. It's like 6.15, and I see something white kind of coming towards me. I'm like, oh, it's a deer. So I put my phone away, and the first thing I could see was like there was a couple real big trees out in front of me, and I could see an antler clear on one side of this big tree and an antler clear on the other side. (laughs) I'm like – Holy shit! I was like, <laughs> that is, "There's no other deer in the woods. It's as wide as that deer." Yeah, I was gonna I was say wide. once you first saw
0: him, you had a know.
2: Like I wow. automatically knew it was him, so I hurried up, out my pocket, I got stood up, at least got that much, and he came because I was expecting him to come from the right and come across the opening. Well, he came straight at me, and I was really scared because if he would go to the fence crossing from where he came at, I honestly don't even know if I would have had a shot. Um, so I got real nervous for a minute. But then he decided – he came straight at me. I got my bow, got ready and everything. And he even, like, looked right at the tree and everything. But, you know, I caught him completely off guard. He had no idea it was there. Um, and bank. then he ended up turning – and going across the opening to my right. So he was going to go down below me and I think feed on the oaks. There was a big oak behind me that the deer had been hammering. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's where he was headed. And he just miraculously, at 18 yards, turned perfectly broadside, and he even turned his head back the other direction for what I felt like was five minutes. I was able to draw back and take my time and settle in the pen and just, Drilled him. I mean, he didn't even know what had even hit him. Like he hardly even took off running or anything. And then I heard him crash, just like not even fifty yards down. Wow! The
1: no kidding. That is the best feeling yep. ever. So okay, <laughs> bat, pause, pause story, rewind. So when you say he hardly knew what happened when you shoot him, are you are you watching your arrow zip through him? You hit offside shoulder. What are we talking right here?
2: Um, from what I, from where. I was at in the tree, I got a pass through from what I could see, but then I couldn't see my arrow either. So then I was like, well, the arrow must be, you know, it passed through, but it, yet it's still, you know, hanging out the other side.
0: Right, right. So
2: yeah, I mean, it just went right through him like butter.
0: But you like, know, you it, smoked him, right?
2: Oh yeah. Cause I, it looked like it was a heart shot from what I could tell. Um, Man, which it, that's awesome. I think I clipped part of the, part of the heart, part of the lungs right there. I mean, I completely toasted him.
1: So he, when you hear him crash, is this out of sight from where you're sitting?
2: Yeah, I cannot see him, but I could hear him crashing. Okay. Um, because there's kind of some brush and stuff to the right, and he kind of went through it and down a little ravine there. Um, but I heard this crash, and it, oh, and I here? was just like – Crazy. I immediately started calling everybody I could think of, and I called, I called Clint – um, and he, I can't even remember his first words. I mean, I'm sure, you know, the F word was been there <laughs> several times, but he was just like, no effing way. Did you just do that? You've got to be kidding me. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm coming right now. <laughs> like, so I, I was calling everybody and every, because I was texting all of my good friends right before he came in. And then I called him. I'm like, I should have smoked the biggest buck of my life. And I was bawling my eyes out. Cause I just could not believe it all came together.
1: <laughs> that's, it was
2: insane.
1: That's amazing. Okay. So how long, so you hear him crash. There's a moment in there before you get on the phone where it's just you in that moment. Explain that a little bit. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> Honestly, I can't even remember. All I remember was I shot that deer, and I think I just went to like another universe somewhere because I was just so dumbfounded that after all of that headache of trying to get that stand up there, not even thinking I was going to see anything, and then I just shot the buck of a lifetime. Like, I immediately just lost it. Like, I was just bawling my eyes out uncontrollably. I was perfectly calm. When he came in, when I shot, wasn't shaking at all, but oh my gosh. As soon as it was over, I was shaking so bad that I had to actually stay in the tree for about 20 minutes or so because I couldn't even get down without falling.
3: I, probably, I, that, I might have chucked my bow out of the stand. Remember that podcast I talked about my victory?
1: If I shot a bug like that, my victory celebration? i just grab it by one limb and just frisbee my bow as far as I could yep. into the timber. But, oh my gosh. But the thing is, it's like... You'd have to know that deer's down because if you got to do a follow-up shot, you're really going to kick your <laughs> <on the> ass. <laughs> right? There's
0: always that weird yeah. feeling though when between you shoot a buck. There's a sliver of doubt always. A sliver of doubt and then you have to like recollect all your thoughts of like what just happened. Yeah. Well,
3: then there's, a, there's that thought Yeah, sit like, down. Like did I hear him go down or didn't I hear yeah. him go down?
2: Oh, it, yeah. was, it was awful. I started second guessing myself everything because obviously I, I heard a crash. I assumed it was him, you know, crashing and expiring but then you don't know you don't know if it was just him running through something oh yeah and then you know i couldn't see my arrow from the tree and then i'm thinking to myself well he took off you know really slow like he didn't even know what happened i was like did i miss him but i was like i don't think i see my arrow like all this stuff just starts going through my mind and i just i have to calm myself before i can even get down out of the tree to even see so finally after i called everybody i was like okay i'm just gonna get down I'm at least going to verify that I hit the deer to see if I can see my arrow or if I can even see the first ounce of blood and then I'm completely backing out. I'm not going any farther. So that's what I did. I got down, didn't see my arrow. So I knew I didn't miss him, and I knew that I got a pass through of some sort because the arrow wasn't sticking out on my side of the deer when he took off. So I knew the arrow had to be, you know, hanging out the backside of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I did – after about 10 feet i started to see blood so that was good enough for me and i turned around and i left and i went back home
0: <laughs> yeah don't blame you it's, it's weird how much you question yep. yourself
3: yeah <laughs> oh yeah for sure
0: even on perfect situations obviously. exactly like she smoked him, but still in the back of your head like oh did i did i just him?
1: don't yeah, take chances Morgan? on deer like that you know so yeah so i don't blame so, you i would have uh, done the same exact oh, I thing i would have backed
0: out also
2: so I'm just – I was glad that I, you know, didn't miss him for one. And for two, I knew that I didn't hit him in the shoulder or anything because obviously you're not going to get any penetration if you hit him in the shoulder. So I knew that I had to hit him in the perfect spot if I got a pass through. Right, right. Um, so I was pretty confident about the shot and then hearing the crash and everything. So I was pretty confident with everything. But, yeah, I had – I went back to the house and then, you know, Clint, he was like, I'm coming down right now. i am got to find – you know, my mom's going to have to take care of my kids. and I'm coming right now. Do not go in and get that buck without me. So, you know, in the meantime, Nathan and I were sitting here. Nathan, he had to take like two hours of comp time off of <laughs> off of work because he works a midnight shift. I was like, you cannot go to work and not be here for the recovery. That just can't happen. You're going to have to call somebody.
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
2: So I was like, we have to wait for Clint, and it takes Clint exactly two hours to get to my house. <laughs> so, I love it. We had to sit here for two hours, and I tell you what, it was the longest two hours oh, of my life. I kept calling him. I'm like, "Where are you at? What is your estimated time of arrival?" I can't sit here any longer.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. I can only imagine, but probably better, uh, right? Like the two hours, probably the perfect time, like the perfect amount of time.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, you could have yeah. went in right away, realistically, but you know, but, you would have I- kicked your own ass if you went in and jumped him or something. You know what I mean? Exactly. Something crazy. You never know
2: yep yeah, and I didn't I didn't on a deer of that caliber even though I thought I heard him crash and I'm pretty sure I made a good shot you know those big old bucks they are so tough and they will do anything to live so you know I didn't want to take any chances so you know the two hours was fine because I knew it just if any if he was still alive by any reason it would get him you know longer time you know to expire and stuff so we wouldn't jump him or anything so, cause that's right. the last thing I want to do is jump a deer of that caliber. And then you start
0: not
1: find him after right. that. So this is like back earlier when I told my little snippet of story, I talked to Clint as he's driving to your place and I'm like, <laughs> send me teaser pics, motherfucker. I was like, they're safe with me. I'm not going to post them on the internet. Like just send me some teaser pics. Don't leave me out to dry cause I know how you are. And then he didn't. And I started to heckle him like, send me pics. I want, like, I won't share anywhere. And, uh, so I got a couple <laughs> teaser picks, but, uh, anyway, that's, that's where my story, like, ties into your story pretty
2: much right here. Yeah, yeah. He said that he had called, um, you on the way down and stuff. And I know he, like, honestly, if you ever heard Clint on the phone, I swear he was more excited sounding than I was.
3: Oh, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, for sure. Well,
1: that's the beautiful he, thing about Clint. He's just or more excited for his close friends to kill something
3: than he is. And, and everyone knows listening to this podcast how Clint is. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah.
2: He's such a like an enthusiastic person about everything. Passionate. And, you, know, you know, Clint, he, he kind of feels like he had a journey with his deer, you know, Kind of like I did, obviously, because, you know, whenever I found that Buck Shed, I immediately called him. I was flipping a lid because I found that Buck Shed. You know, it was one of the biggest sheds I'd ever found. And I was so pumped, you know, I was, you know, running information by him on what he thinks I should do. We were looking at maps. We were just trying to figure out what this deer was doing, even though he had never saw the property. He'd never been down here before. You know, he feels like he kind of had a little part in it, too. And obviously, if it wasn't for him for kicking me in the ass and acting like my mother, father, whatever he was acting like, you know, I may still not have killed that deer because, Honestly, I didn't physically think I was gonna accomplish the night that I killed him what I was actually able to accomplish. So, you know, because of him is the reason why I probably had this deer right now because he had just made me, you know, do what I didn't think that I couldn't that I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think he was just so excited because he kinda had he had a part in it as well and everything so he was just super pumped
1: (laughs) yeah no i mean he's i mean yeah you you kind of included him on the whole story he knew about it he was your motivational speaker he's your matt foley to get you in there and get it done um no that's awesome like that's cool that you waited for him it's cool that you have a friend willing to drive in there just for a deer recovery two hours too those are people you need in your deer hunting life oh for sure
2: yep exactly they definitely you know Clint being my absolute best friend has really kind of kept me motivated, you know, when you're starting to, you know, doubt yourself. And then he kind of brings you back up and then sparks, you know, something like, okay, well, maybe try this or do this or, you know, be patient. This will show up or that will show up and stuff. You know, it it helps to really have a good, close hunting friend like that to kind of keep you on your toes and keep you going.
1: And, and you need someone you look up to to, like, bounce things off of. Like, no matter who exactly. you are, you know, you need that. You need that. Like, reassurance. Well, it's like there's so much unknown. Nobody knows exactly oh, yeah. what a deer is going to do. There's every situation's new. Every situation's unique. Like, this is the type of, like, fine-tuned details that maybe the Western community that kind of laughs at white-tail hunter, tree stand, ladder stand guy, they laugh at that. Like this is where this is the top of the top right here. This is the cream of the crop. This is the cream of the crop of the whitetail killers. It's like what we're talking like. Oh, yeah. People that are lazy don't hang and bang and set up on deer like this and kill giant deer like this. It just does not happen. Or it doesn't happen consistently. Sure. And that's the key. But um, so, break, so Clint gets there. He's got a two-hour drive. He finally gets there. You got to be freaking out because you're like, it's time to go in after this deer.
2: I I am like you know we even made supper I couldn't even eat like I I don't think I like ate for three days after that and I, I supper AKA a bowl
1: of cereal to get the hell out yeah,
2: there <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't even sleep for like three total days because my mind was just going a million miles an hour because I was just still couldn't even believe what I had just done <laughs> but yeah so Clint showed up you know Nathan took a couple hours of comp time my dad he came out so there were all four of us. You know, we went in and we started to, uh, which Clint, he was kind of falling behind us. And my dad, Nathan, was in front following the the blood trail. And I was kind of the middleman. Clint was recording, you know, behind me. And so we went in and we found the first bit of blood. And there really wasn't much blood, which kind of concerned me. But from killing, you know, deer previous to this one, it seems like they don't really bleed bleed much for the first like i don't know 20 yards or so and then all of a sudden it just they start pouring out um yeah so then we started getting into really good blood lung blood and then you know um i can't remember if it was nathan or my dad i mean like i said we didn't even go 50 yards maybe 40 yards and then nathan was like well there he is i'm like don't be joking with me right now. Is he really there? (laughs) Like, you cannot do this to my heart right now. (laughs) And, yeah, there he was. He was crashed right in a ravine, like, nose nose face down, heading down towards And I mean, he was completely toasted. I mean, I made a perfect shot on him.
1: (laughs) So he died right where you thought he died.
2: Yep, yep, exactly. That crash, where I heard the crash, was where where he ended up. But, I mean, it was just... I just, like, my emotion, I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I just do? And Clint, on the recording on his tour, was like, Emily, what did you just do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I'm new. I don't know.
2: <laughs> like, everybody was just, and my, my dad is the type of person that he's not really, like, a complimenting type of person or he doesn't want to you know, make you feel like you did something awesome, and normally when you do something awesome, he usually doesn't say anything, and he just, like, he said nothing. Like, I think he was just completely at a loss of words.
3: (laughs) I know how you feel. My old man's the same way.
2: Yep, yep. (laughs) So, yeah, he was a complete loss of words with everything.
3: No kidding. So awesome. Congratulations to again. What a fucking giant.
2: Thank you.
1: (laughs) What what I want to know, so... You find him. You see him crashed, obviously. Give me the – I want to know the emotion of – Play by play of what happened. You going down and picking up this buck.
2: So, <laughs> like, I think I was just in such shock.
1: By the way, it, real quick for you, tell the story. When I just said uh-huh. picking up this buck, I, for the guys, Eric and Doug in the studio, just watch me hold my – Arms out on each beam, like 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 you were picking them up, like twenty five inches apart, and going picking up this buck and setting up a rack. Why I said that, um, just so you know, like what I'm doing right now. So you'll n <laughs> I do these things. So when you finally come to studio with Clint and we do a podcast in person, you'll know that like we do
3: hand gestures. I do
1: main beam grabbing hand gestures when I'm and I'm doing it right now as I'm talking. Gotta get the beam. Yeah, there it is, picking up this buck, and and I'm still doing it for the record. But anyway. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that.
2: (laughs) Okay, yeah. Yeah, I just, like, I think I was honestly in such shock that it all came together, and I had just killed this buck of a lifetime that I never honestly thought I would even have an opportunity to kill, that, like, I just... I grabbed the whole, like, he was there for so long, he was stiff as a board. So, and you know me, I was, like, trying to move him. He said, Dad, go big, you won't even move. Waste but, three
1: times with you. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I grabbed a hold of his rack. And I was just, like, like I didn't even, honestly, even know what to, like like, I was just so, just in shock. Like, I didn't even know what to say, how to feel, what to do. Like, I was just, like, a deer in the headlight looking at this thing.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't yeah, imagine. I would have cried my fucking face
3: out.
2: Oh, well, luckily I already had done that earlier while I was there by myself. You're
3: spent. I can't cry anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, there, were, there was no tears left to cry. I was dried out from earlier.
3: <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. Yeah, but
2: yeah, it was it was crazy. Clint, he was videoing talking about it for his story, and then I started videoing for my story and stuff. And I'm like, I just killed the biggest buck of my life.
3: Oh (laughs) man, that's amazing! I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah,
2: honestly, I was just in in such I was I like honestly, I'm still in shock. Like, I still don't feel like it's real because it was it's something that I never thought that I would ever accomplish and for me to accomplish that crazy hang and bang thing on my own is just mind-blowing to me because that was really tough for me to do that and carry all that in and about killing myself on that tree and I kept telling myself I can't do it but then I kept making myself do it it just all of it just coming together like that to me still is just really hard to believe that it actually worked.
0: I mean, you did all the work like it, it was all on you and you pulled it off. It's It's got to feel yeah. amazing.
2: It, it does feel amazing. It makes me feel like all the years of hard work and then my 2019 season was so rough. I hunted almost 60 days in the stand during bow season from the beginning clear to the end. You know, I had so many close calls, I passed up so many deer, and I just couldn't ever seal a deal on anything, and it just, like, I, after 2019 season, I learned so much. I felt like I was doing everything possibly wrong in 2019 season, but you honestly, you don't realize what you're doing wrong until you sit out there, and you have an unsuccessful season, and you sit out there for that many days, and then you really realize how much you're screwing up, which... I completely changed everything for 2020 season. And I mean, it completely made a huge difference in my success this year because of how bad last year was.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, some of those humbling years where you feel like you're just like, you're a shit bow hunter, because Do we it, all yeah, have doing those, it all wrong. Yep. Those are the most valuable years mm-hmm. because yeah. Killing bucks consistently is cool. Right. Like, but yep. it's not like you went, you kill the buck and went 10 years without killing another buck type of deal. Like that is yeah. the deal. Like not everything always works out every season. Sure. Like it's um, it sucks when you're someone that strives and is hard on yourself on killing a good buck every yeah. year. But like you guys both know, like I got lucky. Like I I've been through this. I went two years without killing a buck. Mm-hmm. um, And then I felt like shit about myself and I'm yeah. learning. And then I, I kind of regroup and I'm like, well, okay. I'm hunting different deer than the average hunter, but I always look up to guys that are or guys and gals that are big buck killers. So then I'm hard on myself because of that. So I'm trying oh, to strive absolutely. to kill big bucks, which is not easy with a bow. Um, no, and then nope. Eric and Doug, you guys kind of had that feeling last year, yeah. And but it's just part of it. Doesn't mean you're not a good bow hunter, but you can't control what yeah. a wild animal does. But it's on you to make the moves. It's a chess game, but. That deer, I mean the difference in Emily is you put the work in. You put all the effort in to kill this buck. That buck could have just got up and went the other direction simply
0: because
3: he felt yep. like it and then right behind that tree where you seen the antlers on both sides he could turn around and, yep. went, yeah. Yeah, he and then, like went
0: to the where you thought he was going. Yeah, and then she and would just, be back at the it.
3: drawing board being
1: like I suck. I'm hard you're being hard on yourself. Yeah, exactly. You're regrouping, <laughs> you're pulling that stand, you're doing it again. That you know that's the only difference and you know, you do all the work. You put the work in. You got to just hope that buck sticks to what you think he's going to do, but he doesn't uh, really. have to. So,
2: yep, exactly. An
1: unsuccessful season doesn't mean you're a shit bow hunter, but it also doesn't mean you're not going to feel that way because the that feeling is what creates successful bow hunters.
3: Oh, absolutely! In the future. You might you're, feel you're like you're going to beat yourself up. You might feel like shit. You're going to beat yourself up, but you, I guarantee, you learned a shit ton. That oh, yeah. shittier you had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I,
2: I learned. I learned so much stuff. Like, I had learned that my stand setups were wrong. Like, everything in 2019 was just wrong. But but, but I, was, was it like, wrong,
1: or was it, was it just that it didn't – like, the plan didn't go as smooth as it could have? Do you know what I mean? Like,
2: well, you're being hard on yourself, but you are. It was a combination of both. One thing was I got another new property to hunt – and where i had thought deer were traveling from sign and no trying to figure out where deer traveling and what deer are going to do in the winter in the middle of summer when you're hanging a stand is nearly impossible Mm -hmm. but you know i did the best i could i thought that i hung a stand in the right place but then once i started hunting it like i said it's a new property so i never had you know, the time on it to even really see what deer were doing. And then I realized Stan was in the wrong place. The thermals was always wrong. The wind was always right, but the thermals was wrong and everything was pulling wrong. And I was sticking out like a sore thumb. I didn't have enough cover. Like everything was just completely wrong. And then, you know, it's hard to move. It's different if it's kind of like a small hang and bang setup, but when you have a, like a big colossal, you know, <laughs> hang on, hang on, stand and sticks. And honestly, when I was hanging that stand, you can ask Clint. I actually thought that I broke my arm in the process of hanging that stand by myself because that was so brutal because the stand weighed so much. <laughs> um, and then my arm was screwed up for a couple weeks after that. So it wasn't like it was simple for me to just take it down and move it to another area. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that spot was pretty well screwed for the year. Um, And then, you know, my, my other areas and stuff either just didn't have, just didn't have the deer or my stand was kind of in the wrong tree. The way deer was coming in was not, you know, I needed to have my stand in a different tree kind of like on this other property, Um, you know, just all a bunch of different things. And then the weather, we had a lot of weird weather too, which I don't know, made, made deer movement really wacky. We had a lot of warm temperatures, a lot of rain. So it was really the combination of everything, not having enough time off. So just all of it playing together just kind of just made the whole season a flop. It
3: was kind of 2020 being 2020, the way this fucking year has been going. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. That was the same
0: way. I mean, me and Eric kind of, if we would have moved the stand earlier, we could be in a different story. But...
3: Right, last yeah. the last season. Yes. But, but hunting's the should have, would have, could have game. Oh,
1: like yeah, you for know, sure. you do it's. So this is what I always Shit. remember growing up, and this still holds true. I hunted a spot where there was a, uh, and I don't know like the correct terminology. We called them short spoils, which it was just like an old coal stripping area, mm-hmm. where it's just basically like big hill, big hill, big hill, big hill, like one right after another. And, yeah. the, and I never did it because I was younger when we hunted the spot. But I remember one guy would hang a stand on one short spoil because the deer would run them. They'd run like north, south or east, west, depending on what spoils you're in. So just stripping area for for coal mining, I guess. I don't know. I don't know all that much about it. But they'd hunt one spoil, which is just a big hill. And then, but it's like hill after hill. It'd be like if you were on a dirt bike and it was clear, you could jump from one to the other. Right. Um, but they were like steep in between. So you'd hunt the tops of them because bucks would run the tops. And it'd be yeah. like, you'd hunt one spoil, but you'd see the buck three spoils over. Well, then you pull your sand, you move three spoils over, and you hunt that spoil, and you look over, and he's where you were. Oh, yeah. And, and he's <laughs> like, you can play that game all day. For sure. Um, It's so a shoulda, woulda, coulda. Like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of that stuff right. you don't yep. know until you know. And yep. that might be kind of gray. I don't know how, if I explained that well enough, but it's a game of chance to a point because the deer can walk wherever it wants to walk.
3: It's a game of chess yep. for sure. It's a chess exactly. game, man.
1: You know, you I can wish. set up in the corner of a hay field and the buck comes in right on the hay field every day. But as soon as you sit there, he might be 80 you, yards out the other way and walk in the other yep. direction. Like it's just part of it's
3: it. It's that old kind of saying. It's like, you can be the best hunter in the world, but that deer is going to do whatever the fuck that yeah, deer exactly. wants to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, part of the fun. Right. It's, uh, yep. it, no offense, Emily, and, and I'm not the saying that you were a Girl Scout, but this is one of the dudes told me he said if, if Bo Hunt was easy, the Girl Scouts would do it. And I know that's fucked up on this podcast, <laughs> but that's, that's what he said. It's 2020 man, I can't say that. I'm not yeah, saying selling just... cookies is hard, but everybody <laughs> likes cookies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, like, like you said, I mean, as soon as you think you have a deer figured out, then you go hang a stand, and then they're doing the complete opposite thing the next day. So, oh, yeah. mean, you know, like I said, like, that's what happened a lot last year, too. You know, I thought I had a deer figured out, and then next thing you know, it's cleared a different area, or I would sit in a stand for nine days straight, and he wouldn't show up, and then the day after that I didn't, the tenth day that I didn't sit in the stand, then he decided to show up in the daylight, you know, all <laughs> that kind of crazy stuff. That's kind of how it all went. And then, you know, I had a, I kind of had a a big mature old buck figured out from 2018 season that he would show up like the last week of October and he would show up a bunch in the daylight, at this particular area. And so I was counting on the same thing in 2019 and you know, it worked. He showed up the last week, October and in daylight, just like he did in 2018. So I was ready for him. I was up, ready, ready to go. And by God, if he didn't show up, I think it was October 30th or 31st um, last year that he had showed up. And this deer was so old and smart too that he he came in twice, two different times, you know, kind of chasing does around a little bit. And he was within 15 yards of me two different times the one evening there at the end of October. And I could never get a shot at him because he was always facing me. He would never – the way he would come in, it's like he knew – that I was in that stand, <laughs> and he would never That's be broadside. Months. He would go all the way down and around as far as he could go down the ridge, and then he would come up straight at me, and the doe was behind me. And it was one of those situations where he would never turn, he'd never cooperate, and then when he went to take off, he would literally whirl around like a cutting horse and just take off running straight back down in the opposite direction. Oh, like, he- it was the craziest Thing ever and i never could get a shot at that deer ever he and knew, i had him at 15 yards twice oh that's frustrating. he knew
3: you were there and he was just screwing with you that's frustrating oh
2: i guarantee, guarantee it i mean it was just insane
3: <laughs> so w- real quick because i don't want to
1: forget to do this i want to go back to the freak buck let's talk mm-hmm. about the let's talk about dimensions and specs and score that's and a good idea just and, and if you don't want to do the score number thing i understand that but this buck is impressive from every yeah. aspect. Yes.
2: Yeah, so obviously, the thing that makes him so impressive is the spread, and then his giant split brows on both sides, um, big bladed split brows at that. Um, so his inside spread was twenty three and two eighths.
1: That's fucking huge. Sorry.
2: Was his <laughs> his his inside? Um, I did more measuring the other evening because I had a measuring just like a. Um, the stick on tape that just kept adding up the score when I did it the first time. So I couldn't,
1: don't tell me you measure this thing with trophy tape, Emily. Oh, I did. Golly Oh, Oh, god! You
2: just the first time I did. I would have drove.
1: I would have drove to Ohio just to eliminate that process. If you would have called me, (laughs) I'm a measurer. I would have been like, "I'm bringing my kit. I'm on my way." Tell Clint to wait for me. (laughs) You just pissed Kurt off. I don't blame you. If you shoot Uh... a buck like that, you know. Just if you ever see Matt Busbus, just hit him in his face for me, will you?
2: Yeah, so sorry. I did measure it, <laughs> measure him that night with the trophy tape. Um, Son but of like a bitch, said, with that You can't really figure out what is what. It just all adds up, which I hate. Um, but I did remeasure stuff the other night. Like I said, he was 23 and 2 eighths inside spread. And his brows was... His brow tines was... They were both over 10 inches. One might have been right on 11 inches. Wow. And the other was Ugh. 10 and some change. I can't remember. And his one beam... Um, I had it at 27 inches, and the other was almost 26 around there, so it was just kind of like an inch off. Wow, um, that's a big between both both beans. But he grossed he grossed at 190 and two eights.
1: That is impressive, monster. 27 inch beams is huge I mean 10 almost 11 inch brows is insane yeah yeah
2: yep yeah. yeah his his g3s are really long too they were both over 10 inches as well I do believe wow
1: um, that is amazing that's a that's what Clint would call framey.
2: yeah yes he was very yeah, framey. definitely a
3: framey buck <laughs> that's a good yeah, grief he, yeah it's a good, yeah, grief, he buck. Had good it, grief he had it
2: all I mean he, he like his bases His bases were pretty massive. They were over five inches, but, like, his actual beams and stuff, he was kind of weird, like, kind of how his beams and stuff laid out. They were kind of, like, thin and kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. Thinly. Kind of dippy, maybe. I don't know. Kind of weird, but his actual beams really, his mass wasn't that heavy out through his beams. I think, um, like I said, his bases were over five, and then his next mass measurement was over i think was just over four and the other two were actually only three inches in some
1: no kidding you know
2: yeah so he was kind of weird
1: i thought that when i looked at him like man the only thing that like if and i would never nitpick a buck like that but if you're gonna be a dick about it i'd be like he loses mass but that might be and when i looked at him like that's the only thing that keeps that deer from touching 200
2: Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, the, mass his, all his the way bases through. Yeah. were good, but then once you got out on his beams, his beams were thin, which is really kind of weird.
1: But I couldn't tell, like, because his beam, he's so framey and big and mm-hmm. gappy looking. Like, I didn't know if that's because it, he looked like he might've lost a little mass because of how actually how big and spaced out he was. Like, yeah, if it was just how like long the beams was, were. Yeah. Like if it was an illusion. So that buck, Clint was like, Hey, what do you think this thing goes? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I originally, originally, I said two oh six gross was my guess. Yeah. Um, which I, I, if you would have told me that, I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah true. I mean, yeah, I was right on the
2: money. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, congratulations, an absolute giant. Um, an absolute oh, I really giant. Appreciate
3: it. <laughs> yeah,
0: congratulations. It's amazing, Buck.
1: Well earned. Well earned. Hard earned. Uh, I mean, for sure. That's that's the way. That th- this is this is the perfect story. It really is.
2: Yeah, honestly, you couldn't get a better story. You couldn't get a better of, you know, how rough it was trying to to make it all come together. And then it just came together like it was just meant to be, you know, the best shot I've ever made on a whitetail. Just everything happened. Just picture perfect, textbook perfect like it should have been. Like I've never had that happen with any other whitetail that I've ever killed.
3: It's impressive i'm it's looking a, at again those freaking brow times are insane it's impressive um not, i'm in love with brow time
1: not only the hang and hunt the effort put in all that stuff the composure mentally you had to have had to make the shot you did and still wait the time for like clint to get there and do the recovery the right way the responsible way like that all yeah. is impressive just as much as doing the hang and hunt and all that and, and well, that tells
3: you how much of a hunter she is. Well, that's,
1: it proves you how legit you are. Yes, it's exactly. Awfully, it's awfully impressive. Yeah,
2: it was, it was definitely, I mean, it about killed me waiting that two hours, but I knew, obviously, it was for the best, and then, you know, for Clint to be here too, you know, and everything. It was hard to wait two hours, but I definitely knew it was the right thing to do. Nathan was like... Can we just go out there and find it, and then Clint could just meet up with it. it? Was like, no, we have to wait till he gets here. Yeah, and I was like, it's better off to just the longer we wait, the better because you just never know. You don't want to bump him up or anything like that because I mean, the, these deer, these big mature bucks are, I mean, their will to live is incredible. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's mean, different. So you just never know what they'll do.
1: It, absolutely, no. I think you did everything right, and obviously, it proves. And Ohio is a one buck state if I think I'm correct. And so what, so what now you're relaxing, huh?
2: Well, honestly, I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the, the pressure is off, you know, a little bit, obviously, but you know, the work never stops. I mean, I have several properties that I do stuff on. I've got cameras, all over God's green earth on all these properties. Like today, I was actually off work today, and I legitimately spent almost the whole entire day checking cameras, you know, kind of gaining some intel on some scrapes, rubs, what's going on, where the, the bucks are spending most of their time, you know, because honestly, the work, if the work ends for you when you kill a buck, then you're not really working. Yeah. So, I mean, the work never stops for me because now, you know, I'm still going to be running cameras, you know, running mineral, you know, doing all my same normal stuff. Nothing is going to slow down for me at all. Clear pass through shed season, you know, because now I have to try to, you know, gain enough Intel and find another block to create a story and, you know, a journey with just like I did with the freak and the flyer 10. Um, So, you know, it's, it's, you have to find another buck now that you think that might turn into something and you try to try to grow him into something and pass him up and try to get other people to pass him up if possible. And yeah. so it's just it's just a big cycle now. It's And honestly, it's hard. The work is going to be harder now than what it was, because now I have to start completely over with. Like, I don't have a, a buck that I really know that I want to follow yet. And so I got to find one. And. You know, figure out yeah. what deer is going to be a good potential buck and then completely start all over again.
1: I love it. I love the mindset. It's inspiring. It's incredible. I mean, I think you're the perfect role model for for new lady hunters or, oh, yeah. or just striving lady hunters.
3: Um mm-hmm. and it's crazy just looking at this buck that you just shot. Like, for my for my eight-and-a-half-year-old, the face, like, there's so many, like, they look very st- – the same. It's got that old the man The big look. old Roman nose and the lazy yeah. eyes. Like, that, my eight-and-a-half-year-old, it looks almost identical in yeah. the face. It's like the Yeah, old his dog face look.
2: was, like, getting real, like, gray and white. Yep. And yep. Yeah, you can tell by looking at him that he was definitely an old deer for sure.
3: That's exactly how mine That's was. awesome.
1: Well, I, well, one day, we got, maybe later this winter after season's all closed up for everybody, get you and Quinn in studio on a podcast yep. and – it gets you out maybe out here for the bow shoot. We'll get you out there too, but podca- yeah, yeah, podcast time is awesome. hard to do then. But, um, maybe after season, you know, trade shows are going to be hit and miss with COVID. So yeah, think, yep. it's a good time for us to just get people in studio and, and conversate for True. real. But, but no, thank you for coming on. I know I called podcast dibs on this the day you <laughs> shot that buck. <button. laughs> um, so I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. It means a ton to us and.
2: Hey, not a problem. I appreciate you guys having me. (laughs) Of
1: course. We are super happy for you and we are definitely big fans of yours. And congrats. um, Congrats again. You're. uh, Thank
2: you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, you didn't really plug it before, but you're in Peterson's and, and tell people where to like, where to find you everywhere. Like, you know, your articles on, on Instagram, Facebook or wherever.
2: Yeah. I'm on, um, Instagram and Facebook. I don't get too fancy with any other social media stuff, just Instagram and Facebook, mainly Instagram. Um. But yeah, I'm with, you know, Peterson bow hunting. So I'm doing some content creating and, um, some contributing for them. I'm going to start writing some articles, um, so on and so forth. I do a lot of stuff for Onyx Hunt, um, as well, photography and stuff for them and with DSG. So yeah, those are pretty much all the places you can find me, mainly on Instagram. I do a lot of photography stuff on Instagram.
1: <laughs> Go ahead and plug your handle there. I'll, I'll link it all in the description, but just for people listening, I don't, don't look at that stuff
2: sounds good yeah my um my instagram is shad emily pretty simple um facebook emily shad so just the opposite way so yeah pretty simple to find me
3: (laughs) very cool awesome Awesome. well
1: awesome i mean anything do we miss anything i feel the story is just incredible and it's a perfect big buck story
2: yeah, honestly, I don't really think don't really think we missed anything. We pretty well covered her all.
3: <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, anybody Eric, Doug, you got anything to close out with? No, just congrats hey, again, you- Emily, and uh way to go for kicking ass and sticking in there and getting the job done.
2: Hey, I definitely definitely appreciate it. <laughs>
0: yeah, congrats again. Uh, you deserved it. That's awesome.
3: There it is.
1: All right. Congrats, Emily. You're the shit, whether you admit it or not. Woo-hoo! You're the shot. You're the shot. <laughs> you are what Clint might say, a bad bitch. And uh, bad bitch. and I'm going to close it out there. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.